Hello and welcome to The Secret Layer, the home of gaming and geeks. We hope you enjoy our shows, and if you'd like to support us, you can donate to our Patreon. I almost forgot which excellent memory of this podcast with you. Thank you. Good, good to show our listeners how much you can. Mm-hmm. My name is Niall, and I don't care. I'll also be your dungeon master. Uh, also, be I can't remember the introduction in the slides. I'm Morgan. I will be your DM. Just, just in case, Niall. <laughs> just, I'm the backup DM. Yeah, yeah. yeah. just yeah. yeah. You're right. You, you good? I'm tired. Oh, honey. I've had a I've had a week. You know, earlier when you asked me, but not too much. And I was like, yeah. I was, no, no I've been a lot. You've yeah. been a busy, a busy man. Me now. Oh, no. Just, just before we start recording. Just Excellent. as we started. Really. As we start recording. Excellent news. Anyway, welcome to the show. Uh, <laughs> welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Um, well, maybe this is your first episode. Maybe this is your first Strange episode. place to jump in, but maybe you want to know about wilderness travel. Exactly. And well, we're going to tell you all about it. This is the show where we, two DMs, discussed how we would approach a subject, when, and hopefully that helps you DM better. <laughs> <laughs> you are on fine form today. I'm on fire! Fire! Yeah, we, but wilderness. Wilderness. Maybe we should solidify the intro to this. But yeah, wilderness. No. Okay, cool. Never. Yeah, I like the improv nature of it. It makes it feel more relatable. Feels human. Yeah. Um, I'm so tired. Oh, honey. Yeah, we were talking about... Will, we, 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 last, session, last session, last session, uh, we were talking about um, dungeons and creating a dungeon. We ended up making quite a fun one out of a big old space rock. Yeah, that was really funny. That was uh, really funny. It was funny. I can't wait. I want to actually use it. But this week, we're talking about the wilderness and the other. So between everything, between your dungeons and your settlements and your cities and towns and villages and all sorts of nonsense, there's also vast swathes of land, which your players will probably walk over when they're going between adventures. We spoke last, like in one of our first things, about the core assumptions of D&D, and one of that is most of the land's untamed and unmapped. Yeah. And I guess that's what this region is. I mean, in Faerun and the Forgotten Realm setting, it's the, um, what's it called? It's the Savage Outlands, I think, which mm-hmm. is everything kind of uh, east of the Sword Coast before you get to, like, the, like, um, I'm doing really well with my D&D knowledge here. What are they called? Right. Fae. Before you get to Fae and the big old desert and shit like that. Yeah. So that's like their whole wilderness area. And then there's also between all these city states, there's loads of wilderness as well. So there's a big portion of like the standard fifth of D&D setting, which is just expansive wilderness that you can stumble across stuff. It's pretty cool. And and to be fair, you, you do find yourself doing it a lot if you do create a world of D&D. Um, I guess the ways to approach it are a bit different. The DMG offers some guidance to it, and I'm sh- to be fair, me and Morgan were talking about this just before we started. Both of us have kind of done a bit of both. And yeah. The first approach is sort of like making it a montage. Like if you're traveling and you don't yeah. really want to go into detail about it, you just want to get them to the next city, just mm. kind of... Um, Roll some dice and ask some casual questions. Don't, you know what I mean? Like, if somebody wants to hunt whilst they're working for it, just make them roll a survival check and then, you know, narrate a little hunt as they go on this journey and traveling. Yeah. It's, it's nice that way. If somebody's trying to, I don't know, talk to someone and get on their good graces, then make them roll persuasion checks and then, you know, narrate a montage of how they managed to win someone over, that kind of thing. Yeah. It's just and you can also nice do stuff like, 
It's you can do things like so in the four days that pass, what do you reckon your characters would be doing? Yeah. And then you can kind of describe that. It's so like, oh, like he, I've got like a barbarian who would probably go hunting and stuff like that. And he's like, oh, I'll go look, hunt for beasts and like things like this. Wilder beast. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, that's if you, like you say, if you want to get past everything, if it's a relatively low risk, um, that's a good way of doing it. But then you also want to make sure that it sounds interesting as you do it. You're not just like, right, you're traveling for three days and. Yeah, exactly. You fluff it up a little bit. And it's nice to, you know, use those narration techniques like, I don't know. Just, just describe describing things and going into detail about the small things, the way they feel. That's nice. It's also a fun time to kind of give some flavour to your setting that you that, like. You're not necessarily intending to spend much time on, but you want to notice. So if they, maybe yeah. they're going past, um, if they're going past like a magical forest, you can be like, okay, so you go past this a strange enchanted forest and you think see things at the corner of your eye, but you think not a lot of it. And you can kind of drop things that they see. Perhaps if it's a high magical thing, they see dragons flying in the sky and you narrate things like that and give a feel for your world as they're going along. Yeah, technologically advanced of a skyship pass overboard. You know yeah. I mean? You feel this massive cold shadow pass over you. You look up and you see a skyship. It's yeah. just little stuff yeah. like that. Talk there. about people they meet on the road. Like, yeah. is this a really busy road? Is it like something where it's like almost constant traffic you keep seeing carts going past and it's like if you've wanted to trade with merchants they are available and people go oh actually i do want to buy something so you can do little things like that, that maybe there's a between. franchise of merchants all with the same tabards do you know what oh, I mean? absolutely that would be really funny no oh i bought this i bought this tabard off one of your other branches can i return it to you yeah yeah it's fine we're all connected <laughs> as long as you have your receipt <laughs> do you have your receipt uh, best i could do is an exchange i'm sorry <laughs> That is one of ours, but uh, unfortunately, <laughs> without the receipt. <laughs> That's funny. That's uh, funny. Right, write that down. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and then there's a kind of little line, there's lines in the DMG which are like, like I say, narrate it, give us some fluff and flavor, and be like, if you want it to feel harrowing, use a bit of uh, fluffed up speech. Maybe what just happened, maybe, maybe like influence it off that. Maybe the group has just got together and just had a big win. So the, the journey itself is a bit of a triumph and everybody's having fun and playing games or it's um, coming off of the back of like a big loss or maybe somebody's just died. So maybe use the narration to be reflective and sad mm. and, you know, even, even grief a little. Yeah. The sky opens up as if to cry for your defeat and your exactly. loss as yeah. much as you are, kind of thing. Um, a bit of mise en scene or whatever it's called. Uh, it's called uh, Miss on Skinny. A skinny. <laughs> Miss on Skinny. Miss on Skinny. I love me some Miss on Skinny. So that's interesting. So I bring it up this campaign a lot because I'm doing it at the moment, but my Out of the Abyss campaign, in the back half of it, they're basically walking within a bodyguard army. So essentially, any encounter that they come across is dealt with by the bodyguards and well small encounters and also most monsters don't come near them because there's a lot of them so they're like oh that's too much of a risk so a lot of my thing for this has been narration you go through i mean it gets difficult in the dark because it's gray tunnels but it can be like you go past like a giant beautiful fungal forest and you experience this and you see that so you try and narrate your way through it it is actually something i want to improve a little bit more on as i transition to doing almost that entirely of like narration because it, it does sometimes feel like time skip, which I don't think feels very fulfilling. So it's something I want to work on is getting that montage to feel a bit more genuine, a bit more interesting. I agree. I think it's a nice thing to do is to like... The best approach for me is always to ask the players, like, come with a list of things that you could do. Oh, that's a good idea. So that the players don't have to just make it up. Some people won't have the confidence mm-hmm. to just 
think of something off the top of the dome and that's why you're there is to help them and, and encourage them. Do you know what I mean? You can say, does anybody know what they'd like to do? If everybody's quiet, you say, look, we've got a list of things that happen. I'll go through them. You know, you could do this. You could go foraging for food. You could, you know, decide that you want to hunt. You uh, could see if you meet anyone. Do you know what I mean? Roll to meet someone. Yeah. Roll, do you know what I mean? And always allow them to succeed just to varying degrees. So if somebody wants to meet someone, maybe make a little table that's like, all right, roll on a d20 the higher the number the more lucrative the encounter might be yeah yeah that's really, i think that's really i think that's actually a really good kind of sidebar for something i've realized recently with one of my groups are a bit newer so i play with a varying range of uh experience when it comes yeah. to players and what of my group we very much play D D as like a game when we can none of them are as invested in the game as i am they enjoy it they have good fun and we all enjoy yeah. playing it but it's not like the level i have with some other people and I noticed that my paladin was getting hit a lot more frequently than I expected him to. I was like, why is that happening? This is strange. And then I realized he's level 10, but hasn't bought plate mail. And I've never been in the campaign <laughs> with someone who can wear plate mail but doesn't get plate mail as soon as they can. But these guys are absolutely loaded. But it's one of those things where it's like newer players might not realize what they can do. Yeah. It's the same thing like, oh, what do you do over the next few months? It's like, well, what can I do? You can build a house. You can start a business. Like, what well, can do that? It's like, yeah. yeah like, yeah. it's highlighting things that players can do. So I think it's a really good idea of getting that list of stuff together for them to be like, these are things you can do whilst you're out and about. Yeah. And and it's unique to your world as well, which is really fun. And you can make up the things that you can do in that time and what what is possible and what isn't possible. And it's good fun. And to be fair, me and when me and my friends play certain games where we have big time jumps and it's a montage of things we want to do, once the once the precedent's been set once with a group, they'll bring ideas for the oh, next yeah. one. Oh yeah, like, it only takes yeah. one, and like I know what I'm doing. And that that one is an easy break in if you can do it very quickly, like during a wilderness travel. If you can introduce montage time skipping early with like a few hours, then you can do it later with more and more creativity. That's a really good chat. I really like that. Yeah, that's a good yeah. point. Um, but yeah, then there becomes the other method. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know what that was. I am a great DM wizard. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, which is the hour by hour, literally tracking stuff as yeah. they go. And I, I think there's a place for both of these. And I think it depends on the type of campaign you're building. I think if you're doing like a several month long journey, if you want to do wilderness exploration, I think that's that's fine, but maybe pepper it with larger encounters like a city they can come across and flavor up. So it's not just we're meeting for 10 sessions in a row doing random encounters. Um, but the idea of an hour by hour approach is you're literally like describing stuff as it comes, rolling for random encounters, uh, yeah. which like, so a lot of the pre, a lot of the books come with tables for these encounters, but it also the DMG gives you guidance for making your own. I'd always recommend rolling them before a session because then you can prep the monsters, prep your strategy, prep their tactics before you get going. Yeah, it's it's fun to do it like completely in front of the players and stuff and to explain what you're doing it is quite fun, but just be prepared for a slower session. That's yeah. all because you've you've got to do a lot of work and a lot of page flicking to find stuff and it is fun, don't get me wrong. I've done it. I, I did enjoy it for the time, but that slowness can slow down the yeah, story sometimes. I think it's good because if you know what's coming, because still, also, I I mean, we literally showed this last episode. I, if you roll something and you find something you don't like, don't use it. And exactly, I feel like that yeah. feels weird to do in a session, so I'll 
prepare a list of encounters. Yeah. And then that also means there's a really good blog. He uses the book as well called The Monsters Know What They're Doing, which is like monster tactics. Because it's, it's like every it's, monster. Yeah, that's a book, isn't it? Yeah, it, it was a blog, but now it's a oh, book these days. Okay. Yeah. And every monster will know their own strengths, yeah. will know good tactics. You you don't necessarily. And it's good for me to be like, right, okay, these guys are going to be fighting. Uh, my next players are going to be fighting five Etins, the so five two-headed giants. How are they going to fight? What are they going to do? Um, and get an idea of that before you get going. Because I feel like rolling them in session, you don't have time to work that out properly, in my opinion. Unless I, you're very, very capable. I agree. I think um, I, I spend a lot of time prepping a session and I do what you said. I, I kind of think before I do it or roll before I do a session. And I'll have the encounters preset out or I'll use monsters that I know and I'll have my own little random generator table. Yeah. That's one that I'll do yeah. sometimes as well. Because, like I said, I know those monsters, but then it's got the feel of that anything could happen kind of vibe to it. Um, but then I do spend the time researching each monster that I'm using so that I know what it's capable of. Mm-hmm. I know exactly what it does and I know exactly how it'll fight. And I do have like a little pre-plan of how to do that. But I guess that's more of a building encounters topic, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But it's just that kind of like, so yeah, you can build random encounter tables. I think there's a point where we can talk about that in one of the latest chapters. But like having an idea of what's present in the wilderness they're in. So like, is it a desert? Are they going to come across, um, you know, giant scorpions and blue dragons? Or is it a forest? Will it be bears and green dragons kind of thing? Or a terrasque. Or a terrasque can be anywhere. Trust me. Even anywhere. on this very fucking podcast. Even right <laughs> under your bed. <laughs> I want that Tarasque. Have you seen the Tarasque Mini? No, but I was just thinking of a Tarasque hiding under your bed. Your bed would be resting on top of the Tarasque. I know. Oh, hang on. This is a, ta- <laughs> this is a Tired Nile episode. Oh, no. We're going to have so Tarasque C. Tarasque C. Oh, that's it. That's a spicy that's topic. A spicy topic. Tarasque. Um, the, so the interesting thing for wilderness stuff is thinking about those things they can come across and i think encounters can be creature encounters things they come across they can be merchants that they come across you could also something that's like you'd be like you're walking past a forest and you see there's a hill kind of cresting out in the middle of it and you see floating above it a meteorite that's uh, kind of spinning on the spot Uh, players can go investigate it if they want yep um and then also you can have maybe like to reward that exploration you have dungeons here and there temples they can go find spice up the journey a little bit with choices they can make they don't have to go to yeah. but it provides the option for them to go find loot i think that's a really nice that's a really nice way of doing it personally i like i do like when i'm mapping when i'm sort of mapping my areas cuz i do like to see i've i've kind of spoke about this before sometimes i will just not map and i'll just do things and mm. go about other times i will map piece by piece by piece one of my favorite things to do is kind of have just a bit of a random generator of where they go like especially if they don't know where they're going off they're going a certain way drawing out a little bit of a section and being like oh th- this could be here this could be here this could be here and depending on a dice roll maybe they'll find all of them maybe they'll find one of them there's also um so and that's like little mini encounters that yeah that'll last a session each one would last a session in itself but there's also there's interesting uh stuff when it comes i think again this is probably a bit later in the book but there's a thing where it talks about um because it's still to do with wilderness of there's rules for getting lost um and i th- i think there's the, the the opinions on navigation in fifth ed are divided as to whether they're good or not but the I'm doing Tomb of Annihilation in Chult, which is like a big hex crawl, so there's loads of hexes, and they have to roll to not get lost. If they do get lost, you roll a d6, and they go into a random hex. 
which means that you can result in them following a path, but them going completely off track. Oh, no, that's awful, isn't it? And then missing something, and or then finding something completely new, and they're like, oh, cool. Or finding something, like, have a, it's not happened yet, but having that moment where, like, hang on, we've been here before. Yeah. But this is literally our campsite. What the fuck? We were lost. Yeah, we yeah. got lost, yeah. Um, so you have that, you can have that as well with these with these maps and their wilderness, getting to track where they're going, what they're doing, um, with survival checks and stuff. That's really cool. Yeah. So I guess the next thing to do really is create like a bit of wilderness. For yes. So like what our players are going to be on. So how, so the, the good way of traveling, tracking movement is like with hexes, usually like a hex map. Yeah. So how, so it's kind of like, I know like, again, you can have like, so you typically a party can travel 24 miles in a day. Oh, cool. So you might want to do like one hex is 24 miles if you want to represent a hex per day, or you could do... I don't know, like a hex of six miles, because then it's like split up into four different groups. So how many days travel do you think we want to design for? I reckon um, let's make a like a section of like a longer journey, if that makes sense. So let's only design maybe like a couple of days travel, but in reality, they're traveling further than a couple of days. You know, like a long journey, maybe from like their watcher tower to a main capital city. Okay. That would be like quite a long journey for them, maybe 12 days in total, and we design three to four of those days. Yeah. So I guess we want to think about the environment as a whole. Yeah. I'm th- I am I, see, my initial thing was like, when I try to think of um, traveling, I guess because I live in the UK, I think of like pastoral fields and stuff. Mm. Or do we, what kind of environment do we want? Forest, I desert? I say we roll for it because... Like that, that kind of changes the idea of what they have to travel through, and that influences maybe a bit of the land. Yeah, can do. Uh, I like that. What should we? What should we? What should we have as each roll? All right, so let's have a d6. So a uh, one is grasslands. Yep. Uh, two is mountainous. Yep. Three is foresty. Yep. Four is jungle. Five is desert. Tundra. Uh, Maybe maybe six. maybe five we say desert and then we make that a D one, D two roll for Tundra or I was gonna have just have six be Tundra. Maybe, well. yeah. Why did you have another idea for six? I thought I had Swampland. Yeah, okay, we'll do Swamp. That's a good mix, I think. Tundra's a bit edge case, so let's do what we've got. Yeah. That well but desert me. desert and tundra can kinda like do you know what I mean? They can Yeah, yeah. I, I do I think an even odds on that one. Yeah. Another and then you can pick, you know, on your evens on your lows. It's tundra. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, have you got a, D6? No. I'm going to ask you. I'm, <laughs> Not D6. I'm going to. Okay, I, give me a sec. I'm going to use technology and Google. Uh, roll, roll D6. I'm beating you to it. Boom. No, I have. I have. It's rolling now. Oh, mine's rolling now. Three. Five. Oh. <laughs> you said three first. We'll do forest. Mine was desert, though. Yeah, let's do a desert. Let's do desert. All right, highs or lows? All right, I'm rolling. It's four. That's highs. It's a dirty desert. It's a dry, it's a dirty desert. Dirty desert. Dirty desert. You it's di- not a tundra. It's a dirty, dirty desert. dry desert. Right. Can we roll just for the tower, just so we know what we're going from? So roll another d6. I was picturing like, it would make, that's what I, mean, I was like. The idea is that the tower is maybe at the edge of a desert, and they've got to get through the desert to get to where they're going. Yeah. Or, yeah. Do you want to do that? Yeah, hundred percent. But I was thinking, like, what kind of environment is the tower in? That's what I mean. Like on the desert. Oh, is it? It's on the desert. I was picturing it like I was picturing in my head. You know, um, have you heard this? That like a mate, a load of settlements in like around the Sahara Desert are built nowhere near any river, nowhere near anywhere that usually indicates a settlement. 
because they were um, like waterway stations. So they would be built just on the edge of like a desert. So it's towards where it was starting to become a grassland. And it's where you would, uh, people would bring water and then sell it to go to the desert. And then also they'd swap camels for horses and they'd just be kind of like plonked in deserts. You'd find these settlements just in deserts. Interesting. I don't know if it'd be fun to have like just a watchtower just on the desert watching. In that yeah, I like that. That's really yeah. cool. That's cool. really cool. Cool. All right. Yeah. Um. So that's the watchtower area, and then they have to trazzle. 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 They have to trazzle through the desert. Okay. Great. This is already kind of more interesting than I thought it would be. It's. It's. This is the thing. It's great. It's, yeah. It's good to just just roll shit and chat. <laughs> yeah, I like it. All right. So, what can we do next? I guess. So there are th- different things you can put in them. Things you want to think about. Monster lairs, monuments, ruins, settlements, strongholds, and weird locales. Yeah. Um, so a great monster lair would be a blue dragon. Yes. You could like roll it on a random encounter table as well. Like if we were building a random encounter table for this, which maybe we should. Yeah, I think we definitely should. All right, so... I was just thinking... Adult or ancient? Maybe the watchtower was built to watch this dragon's lair, which is for long, has long remained dormant. Yeah. So the the monster's lair, dragon's lair, which is not even part of the campaign. Yeah. It's, it just is nearby. And if the players go in the wrong direction or follow the wrong clues, they come to the blue dragon's lair. Yeah. And that can be an, an option for this blue dragon to be like, oh, cool, you're my prisoner now until you do what I want. And it can be an odd, like, push them off course kind of thing. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, it's like an ancient blue dragon. Or yeah, something. just a v- like to, to the point where our level three party yeah. is not going to fight it, and well, this, they can't. And this yeah. dragon's just like, ho, ho, ho. Yeah. I have need of new servants. I'm yeah. glad you have come. I like that. Yeah, cool. I like that. So we've got a monster there, which is our ancient blue dragon. I like the idea that the the watch the watchtower looks at the blue dragon's lair. But he's dug a different exit out, so he flies around yes, all the time. Yes, That's and why they think it's dormant. Yeah, but he's just left. He's just <laughs> yeah. gone somewhere else. He's, he's been around. He's been just chilling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And also, I like that, so since Vizban's all dragons can polymorph now, um, mm. I've always liked the idea that the only chromatic dragon that does polymorph is the green dragon, because the rest of them are too proud of their draconic form. They're like, I will not change my form to be one of you measly little shits. I designed, I designed a black dragon to be um like this either baron or um gang lord's surgeon yeah yes so like when you're like in the carriage with the gang lord there's just this like sickly deathly looking <gasps> Fuck, that's like, cooked. woman with like gaunt eyes and just like slicked black short hair and she just looks like really ill but smiles at you and she sees you and her eyes are like emerald green and glint at you fuck yeah and then like you find yourself later on like visiting the baron or whatever and then you go past a door and you see that same (laughs) deathly woman slicing into someone with a sword as they're screaming that's smiling that, the whole time that would be a really fucking counter if you imagine that like they pissed off this gang lord and they chuck one of your players into that room lock the door with yeah. just this woman at the other end like why am i in here is she gonna cut me open and they just watch the scales yeah, the girl, to and it's a, like no 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 this dragon appears before her i just really like this i like because in my setting i kind of created this idea that i like this idea that dragons are they're, they're all long dead like there's no such thing oh, as a shit. dragon anymore oh. um in this part of the world but there are they're all just hiding yeah like they've existed for years and they just like this idea that people think they're all dead and they're like so they like they're very private creatures that have now learned to 
gain power in ways that matter to them. I want to do a DM episode on dragons because I love dragons and there's so much you can do with them and I feel like okay. they're so underutilized. Oh, God. Okay. They're so... I fucking love dragons. Anyway, so... And dungeons. Speaking of dragons and dungeons, <laughs> let's carry on with this podcast. Ancient Blue Dragon Lair. Yeah, Ancient Blue Dragon Lair. Something they can um, stumble across. Maybe they see, like, um, charred skeletons as, like, evidence of what it's been eating. They yeah, see... Glass in the sand. I was going to say, like, they... You know, have you ever seen, like, uh, a desert after a storm and you see these big structures of glass? No, from where it's been cool. Yeah, so, like, please hit the glass yeah. and you've got these big glass structures. Um... I don't know what it says specifically in the Monster Manual about why they like to lair. I know they like to burrow because they have a burrow speed. Yeah. Um, maybe the players can fall into a sinkhole. But I do like the idea the players get lost and if they, they, they end up finding their way to a blue dragon lair. And then that somewhat derails our campaign. But at least you have this... Ca- I think if, I have it pl- planned for so that it doesn't. But even if it does, it's kind of... If you have like an yeah. open world sandbox campaign... Them stumbling across Blue Dragon isn't really a problem. It's just like a new facet to their thing. It's like, oh, excellent. I need new servants. Welcome, yeah. welcome, welcome. And it can be really accommodating and give them, you know, work to do and say, you know, yeah. give them nice things that make it more powerful. We could also have a copper dragon lair Ooh. because they're real friendly. <laughs> There's just two dragons that hate each other. Just live across, like almost like across the street in dragon. Oh, you've term. seen that? You've seen that blue piece of shit across the road? I fun hate that. Guy. I invite him around for cookies. <laughs> no, he did. He killed my friends. It's it's disgusting. It's disgusting. He don't clean his teeth. He don't clean his teeth. It's, I I watch that blue scaly bitch. He don't clean his damn teeth, dude, motherfucker. Who want to hang out with a bitch like that? You come around here, I'll bake you a cake. We'll stay stay here. I bet you a cake. I bet you a shit cake, motherfucker. I was shit in a box and hand it to you as a cake. Oh, shit cake, hell. you blue bastard. I'm gonna fucking the help you. You're gonna get the helped. <laughs> Uh, I love that idea. Uh, two, two warring dragons, but they don't ever fight each other. I fucking hate you! <laughs> yeah, they just stand just outside out. each other's lairs. Come out, they respect Come homes. over here. Come over here. Was this your corpse? I'll fucking kill you. you Get blue, off my porch. I don't know bitch. you. This is my yard. Oh, fuck You me. stay in your yard, oh, you blue bitch. Me. I love it. Me. Right. Okay. Cool. So, uh, so we got. Uh, we got. So there's least, two dragons. There's two dragons. There's two possible encounters. Is it a copper is it, dragon? Is it copper that lives in the desert? Yeah, I think so. Cool. I always copper. forget. Copper, brass, and bronze. But I always brass forget. Brass do fire, don't they? They all do fire, but they also do something else. One of them does light. Yeah. No. Like. I, oh no. Hang on. The silver dragon does. Most of them do fire. No. The silver dragon does. Silver dragon does cold. Cold. Yeah. But I oh, know one of them does. But I think a lot of them do like fire and something else. I think one of them doesn't do lightning. I think that's what it is. No. One of them doesn't do poison. Oh. 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 Oh, yeah. <laughs> cool. Anyway, moving on. Fucking hell. Sorry. Uh, no, this is good content. Let's get this podcast <laughs> back on the rails. <laughs> so we've got two dragons who hate each other. Yeah. Um, one's bronze, one's like. If they get lost in the good way, they end up with the blue dragon being servant. So they get lost in the good way, they end up seeing this other dragon who is like baking them cookies and is like. I think both of them make deals with the others to kill the other one. <laughs> No, I don't know if the copper dragon would get him to kill him. I think he'd get him to prank him. No, I really like the idea. <laughs> Even the copper dragons are really <laughs> turned. He's like, oh, I fucking hate you, that blue, blue bitch. <laughs> I'm gonna kill. Listen, you help me kill that blue bitch. I I give you all my treasure. I I fucking I shit on that blue motherfucker. I fucking hate him. It's just a pity. The only thing I can do is lightning because he's immune to that. <laughs> Same here. It's just a, we've done it to each other and we just kind of stand there and take it. It's We're a, just breathing on each it's other. A it's gross. <laughs> I hate it. We've done it so many times. I just look like a Godzilla. Uh, monuments. 
Monuments Man. Yeah, I I love I love a love I love I love a love 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 a weird monument in the middle of the just terrain and I like to build a whole lore around it and then create like an encounter with a creature that might live in the monument or even like an occult yeah like priest or a cult cult an occult cult a cult cult say it isn't so I do not know <laughs> I like the idea that you have um because I've used monuments before where, like, maybe you think there's something magical about them, and you go up to it and you touch it, and actually it was a trap set by, like, goblins. I love like, that. We got you, bitch. We got you. It's not, this is just a statue we found. This is just a statue, senor. <laughs> um, I don't know why goblins are Spanish. <laughs> I might start doing that. Yeah, That's I think funny. I might do goblins are Spanish. Senor, senor we got you. Welcome yeah. to Alea. No, we will take over the world. <laughs> <laughs> what? What do you mean? You're not the king. <laughs> oh, shit. Look how nicely you are dressed. Look how I am dressed. I have no shoe. <laughs> I have one shoe, sir. <laughs> Senor, I have one shoe. <laughs> you are a king compared to my lovely self. Since now give fall. me all your money. I've lost everything. <laughs> you know, we were proud once. <laughs> we were proud people. Before, before the war. But now, Senor, all the hobgoblins, they fuck off. <laughs> and now, you are king. <laughs> And now I am king because I have captured you. You will take me to all your slaves, yes. <laughs> and I will take over the world. So let's roll, let's roll D20 to see what, what thing these goblins I feel build. like the obvious one is a pyramid in a desert. But let's, Boo, be, let's be creative, it. yeah. I've rolled a 16. A great stone arch. Ooh, that's creepy. An in old the middle pool. of the pyramid. It's an old pool. Yeah. An old plane pool. Yeah, that's really cool. An so, old planet puddle. <laughs> an old planet puddle. <laughs> an old planet puddle. Not for the goblins. Oh no! The goblins have created a trap. They've got. They've like made a fake key, and they they've like cast like minor illusion on the key, so it makes it look like the portal's about to open up. So it draws adventures in near. And their pitch up opens. <laughs> they're all in the sand waiting. <laughs> Boing. Yeah. I think we make special sand goblins that have like a burrowing speed. And they're Spanish. Yes, um, of course. Spaces. It makes goblins. me think of the the bacon tree. The bacon tree. Have you heard of the bacon tree? No. There was um, three Spanish people going for a desert. Um, one of them goes, look, look, senor, it's a bacon tree. And he runs up to the bacon tree. And when he arrives at the bacon tree, loads of arrows fire out and shoot him. His two friends run up to him and goes, senor, senor, are you okay? He goes, it was not bacon tree. It was ambush. Ambush. <laughs> <laughs> this whole portal, I think, was a portal to the elemental plane of dust. And someone opened it and all loads of sand fell through. And this place didn't used to be a desert. That's really cool. I think that's fun. That's really cool. So the desert didn't used to exist, and now it does. Brilliant. Cool. It's a magical desert like that. Mm. Yeah, maybe if anyone ever actually... Oh, fuck. Imagine if someone cast Detect Magic, and the whole desert just <laughs> lit up, and they're like, what uh, the fuck? <laughs> looks like all this sand isn't going to get wet. <laughs> <laughs> it's magically dry. dry. Like it's from a plane where its own existence was to be dry. Maybe you watch, if it ever does rain in the desert, you watch the rain kind of settles, like there's a force field above the desert, and it just runs off. It just evaporates. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's never rain. No, it's just never rainy over the desert. Yeah, it makes sense. Like the clouds come in and they go. Yes. <laughs> round it. Everyone's looking at it, it's like, I'm so thirsty. Hence why there's a coastline. Y- yes. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I like that. And if you dig down... if you The dig- bronze dragon used to live there. <gasps> Maybe it was the blue dragon that no. got put off in the game. I'm sure there has to be a green dragon. <laughs> huh? It's a green dragon. It used to be a forest. And that was like, that's why it's so grumpy. It's like, 
This used to be a beautiful forest. It's my home. It's lush green forest. And then sand just appeared and to fucking add insult to injury. That blue bitch, that blue bitch. moved in across the road. <laughs> Motherfucker. I hate it I'm here. Starting to believe, I'm starting to believe that he was the one that put that fucking gate there in the first place. Do you know what that makes sense? He is a blue sandy boy. That sandy ass blue bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Cut to the blue dragon. I don't know why they hate me. I just, I found this layer here and, and then turns out that green son of a bitch lived here the whole time. He was buried in a forest underneath the, the desert. He shouldn't even be here. It's he not a forest. Does he not know this is a desert anymore? He seemed to be, he seemed to be under the impression that, 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 that this used to be a forest, but I seen no green. I seen no green. I got no beef with this this green asshole, but he I just feel like take he... it up with me. So so I I, I retaliate with 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 fire by fire, I mean lightning. Because <laughs> I can't do fire. That's my brother, not my brother, but like my spiritual brother, you know, the red dragon. <laughs> Ruins. I, I, I was like imagining this is like the office. It's like drag Dungeons and Dragons when it's yeah. the office. He put my staple in a gelatinous cube. Um. <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons, but it's just all like interviews of like adventurers uh, going around, just being like, um, "Yeah, so we're we're gonna we're, we're an adventuring party, and we're all gonna go take on this dragon." There's people burning in the background. I'm basically the fire, <laughs> just in the background. What I do is I swing my sword really well. Oh my god! Us, They're not heroes. This dragon, this dragon, just smashing things into the distance. The barbarian. Oh. Hitting the dragon. Later, the red dragon. Oh, looks like they're they're getting started without me. I'll, I'll see you later, guys. Later, the red dragon's being into. You know, I think of it more as a like a love. You know, burning things is just it's a hobby as much as it is a job, but it pays the bills. You know, I fucking love fire. <laughs> God, damn. sorry, sorry, I lost myself. There. Uh, um, ruins. If we're going with our used to be a forest now a desert, maybe something that would be in a forest, like a ziggurat, like something that looks out of place. Yeah, I like that. Okay, so like a like a fey temple or something like that that you can come across. Like perhaps it looks like it's just like the 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 the, the crenellations of a castle, like a, a fey castle. Maybe that's built an oasis in the middle of the desert because it's magical. Mm. Its magical but nature has is like combated the magical nature of the desert so it's just this little oasis yes, but it looks like a ruin that's why because yeah. because yeah. yeah so you look at it it's like oh ruined castle and you get there and you see it's the, it's the got green and it's water. perhaps even like the sand drops off because the sand can't penetrate it so it's this big yeah. drop into this beautiful fey oasis yeah fuck yeah i like that and it's just a little temple to some arch fey yeah like an arch fey of growth or something yeah and then obviously when you're when you're building your setting, you can just dot these everywhere. You can be like, ah, oh, just drop this here, drop this there, drop this there. And like your players might not stumble across it, but that's why it's good to reuse settings because then another group of players might stumble across this at a later date. Exactly, and come up with new ones as well. Yeah, it's good fun to like just come up with like a new temple to a new thing mm. or an obelisk to Vecna, whatever that theory you keep telling me about. No, oh, yeah, it's the the the, Ve- the Vecna obelisk. The everything's Vecna's the obelisk. The obelisk or the uh, Ochna. Uh, the the ob 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 I don't think there's any strongholds in this desert. Did you hear my group's theory on what Vecna's first name might truly be? Wechner. His name's Wechner. Wechner. I have a friend in Rome then. Wechner. Do you find it funny when I say my friend's name? Wechner. 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 I don't think there's any strongholds in our desert. Or a settlement. The settlements are on the outskirts. We said. Yeah. And then near the coast again. Yeah. 
And then picture that bit. I think it's just desert. What if what if there was like a settlement of people that survive out there? Like the sand goblins. What if it's their settlement? The scoblins. How can we forget about the scoblins? The Spanish scand goblins. Yeah, Spanish I like the idea. I like the idea that like they're like Jawas. Yeah. yeah you know okay. what? <laughs> they speak goblin goblins. Like a roving tribe um of moisture farmers. But they But like their their little hunters go out and hunt people, but their actual like tribe sell things. They like find people who have died and sometimes like Jawas, basically. Yeah. Just yeah. Jawas. Yeah, sand goblins, i.e. Jawas. <laughs> They've got like a literally. Let's just put Jawas in here. They've got like an absolutely massive structure full of stuff pulled by one confusingly strong ox <laughs> that looks really healthy. I you were going to say goblin. Oh, no, just one <laughs> goblin. Just, just one. one. <laughs> absolutely butch as fuck. Just his legs. Huge. His legs are just huge to his tiny little body. <laughs> ah, si, senor. This is Bruce. He has great ass. Hola. <laughs> He's always like turning with his ass pointing towards you, like, hmm. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Drop a quarter on this ass. And uh, then there's like another table, weird locals. 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 Weird locals is just you, Nile. Uh, yeah, roll a. I'm going to roll a d20 and we'll see if we go. So these are like places that are a bit supernatural, add a bit of like weirdness to your campaign. Yeah. Uh, there's a bunch of really good examples, but we're just going to pick one of them. Um, kind of, we've already kind of like made things more interesting, but this is like an extra, like this is like the equivalent of putting a Tarrasque in the middle of your Yeah, desert. yeah, exactly. I'm not going to rise to it. I'm not, I'm not accepting it. I'm, I'm just refused. enjoying that I got it in. What have I got? Oh, not 20. Oh! A floating earth moat with a tower on it. Great. Fuck yeah. That sounds like a wizard's tower if I've ever heard of Yeah, that. fuck yeah. Who lives in the wizard's tower? Uh, maybe this is like their f- Maybe this is like the first ancient wizard they meet. Like, kind of like, you know, because we're saying this is a really, the 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 graph to get to high magic mm. levels is, is really hard. Yeah. The curve is hard. So maybe this is like the one guy. I really like the idea of this desert having its own self-contained story, which is not part of any wider narrative that no. you're telling, but the story, like, like in, you know, we play video games where all the lore is in like items you find. Yeah. I like the idea that none of this is relevant, but maybe this is like an elven mage or something who is who made the gate opened the gate um maybe to spite the fey temple that was there or something like he's a big part of why the desert's the way it is and if you stumble across him there's like very cool yeah and maybe it's like maybe i like the idea of them trying to get in and it's like near lethal for low level characters yeah and they're trying they, they can try and come back and they'll just find him like in the top room of this tower being petty yeah because it didn't work because the fey temple still protected but he really destroyed his entire home i like that yeah cool it's like the greatest mistake he ever made yeah i like that a lot so it's, like, it's, it's like a full-on in-depth side quest that you can stumble across there's nothing to do with the wider campaign it's just it's just how it is i destroyed my home yeah despite a fey and they survived and, and you I say that lost. but players will make something of that oh 100 yeah, but I what i mean is fun. like it's like it doesn't this doesn't have to tie into anything we've written no. it's just something for the players to find yeah 100%. they can stumble across it and that's kind of like just Treating your wilderness like that's quite nice anyway. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like absolutely. having a story for the local area is a really good idea to just do generally. Yeah. Because even if it's just for you, but it also allows you, allows you to add flavor to it. So when people like have a passing conversation in NPC, it's like you could, someone could, oh, when well, this desert appeared 500 years ago and everyone's like, hmm? It's like, well, yeah, this desert hasn't always been here. It used to be a forest and all of a sudden became a desert. Even if they never follow that thread, it's just nice little back, bits of background world building. Yeah. 
and it'll make them a little interested if they do find a thread as well. Mm. I guess another thing to talk about is when they're traveling this is because you're doing it like hour by hour and you're making these random encounters and you're taking them through like that. Maybe um, another thing to add is just the fact that they might have days where the weather's not the same. Yes, I think like it would be the weather. So I think it's there's a bunch of really good rules for weather and stuff that make your world a bit more exciting. So one thing I've missed from doing my Underdark Wilderness is that there isn't any weather, really, because it's all caves underground. Yeah. Whereas when I'm doing my Tomb of Annihilation, my chill campaign, it affects your day-to-day life. Um, so what the weather kind of requires is the first thing you do is work out what your average temperature is. Like, what does a day look like? The DMG, really annoyingly, is in Fahrenheit, and I can never work out... <laughs> how to work it out but basically think of like a base temperature for what you're so like 18 degrees in like spring i guess if they're traveling in springtime or you can do like 22 if they're traveling in the summer um and then we need to work out what that is in fahrenheit and then work it back again yeah and well for americans it'll be easy though oh for, yeah for any americans listening this is you'll just enjoy listening to our struggle i mean what's like 22 degrees in fahrenheit oh, i don't know hang on i can find out we have technology i'd guess like 80 80 22 c and f 71 uh so your average day 71 degrees the weather rules are roll d20 and then there's a table which will inform you what the difference is so if it's 1 to 14 it'll be 71 degrees um if it's 15 to 17 roll a d4 it's that times 10 fahrenheit colder and then 18 to 20 1 d4 times 10 fahrenheit hotter nice so it gives you a bit of variability if you're in a particularly brutal environment so like a jungle which where like the height the, the normal temperature is already pretty hot any hotter than that you get into um extreme heat rules and if you're in a cold environment any colder than the normal maybe brings you into extreme cold rules which we'll go into but then there's also rules for wind and precipitation which have their own rules and how they affect again you it's, you, it's in the dresser's guide but you roll d20 and it tells you how much wind there is how much rain there is and they're cool as well like when the temperature is above 100 degrees so it'd be an exceptionally hot day um and you don't have access to drinkable water you and you're exposed to heat you need to make a constitution saving throw at the end of each hour or gain a level of exhaustion just absolutely changes the game exhaustion is one level of exhaustion fine two levels of exhaustion pretty fucking bad three like by the time you get to fifth level you can't move no sixth level you die it's fucked And it's it's it just you know it makes it all a bit different. Like creatures wearing medium or heavy armor um, have disadvantage if mm-hmm. they're if they're wearing hot clothing, um, but creatures with resistance or immunity to fire damage automatically pass the saving throw. So mm-hmm. it, it it's great for like role play for if characters are like Genasi or Tiefling. Tiefling, yeah, um, they're quite enjoying the heat. They exactly. don't mind it. It doesn't. It doesn't. It literally doesn't bother them. But you've also got like extreme cold, which is the other way around. So if it's yeah. below zero Fahrenheit. Unless you have uh, same thing, resistance or immune to cold damage, you succeed the saving throw. Um, but also, you can wear cold weather gear. So, exactly. like, you, you basically that's another stage of rugging up. So, if you go, if you know you're going to a cold place, make sure you get some cold weather gear, get ready to go. Also, DMs really fun way to debilitate your party in an interesting way. Someone yeah. steals their cold weather gear. All of a sudden, they're in the middle of an ice cold tundra, and they're gonna freeze to death. You can make things a bit more exciting and interesting. Or in a desert, they have to remove their armor. So give them weaker armor. Yeah. So now all of a sudden their armor class has dropped. Yeah. But it makes things a bit more interesting. It changes the game a little bit. They've still got all their equipment, but now they've got the option. Do they want to be 
chance the you know chance being exhausted but have a high armor class or do they want to take the hit for low armor yeah. class and not be exhausted one thing i haven't done enough of in my tomb of annihilation campaign is take away their water supply yeah. um because they've got rain collectors and stuff because they won big on dinosaur betting don't ask um but they <laughs> uh well, i need to kind of find a way to destroy those resources so that they're struggling for yeah. water because then that kicks in all of a sudden it's like oh fuck <laughs> um and I then like there's it. also strong wind precipitation which fuck up your perception checks your tracking checks if you're firing ranged weapons in strong wind that gets fucked up if you're in a desert that means there's a sandstorm like there's all sorts of stuff that can happen because of the weather which i think is really fun it's cool man it's cool there's loads of other things that the dmg suggests as well like just add things in like um desecrated ground holy unholy sites Mm -hmm. you know whether or not there's you know something leaking or lurking in there leaking in there leak <laughs> like I'm leaking. leaking out from the abyss um you know having water that's not right having qu- you know like poisoned water having quicksand mm. um razor vine is like a trap basically yeah. for like a lot of encounters i think there's razor vine stats in the monster manual in there. is it i think so but yeah it's quite fun so if it, f- it fucks you up it's got 25 hit points but you take a d10 slashing damage whilst you're in it you go- so goblins who typically are used as low-level um, bad guys, if you use them cleverly, can be lethal to any party, can would absolutely lay a pit trap with Razor Vine. So that oh. even climbing out of that pit trap, you're damaging yourself yeah. as you go through the Razor Vine. Um, so, like, there's a bunch... Yeah, also, like, Slippery Ice, Thin Ice. There's loads of really fun things in here to flavor your environments and to give them a bit of a hard time whilst they're going through. Yeah. And then, foraging, another contentious thing is, should you be making your players track food? Um, I think if done well it can be fun but it can also feel like accounting sometimes like it can just feel like bookkeeping and some people aren't down for that you've got to make it fun i think i think if you're gonna make people track food give them a way to supply themselves with food kind of stuff Mm -hmm. and if you're gonna say oh you're gonna run out of rations soon do you want to hunt for it then it makes the game a bit more interesting yeah you know but but do it f- make sure you narrate the hunt and make sure you narrate the enjoyment of winning and succeeding at that and maybe you know the downfalls of failing at it yeah and it's, you know what i mean it makes every moment a bit more like a story something i've also done as well is i will speak to you players before doing this but i'll be like i'm going to pre-roll your foraging checks yeah for the next 10 days uh like between sessions because then i can just tell you how successful you've been and we don't have to worry about spending time rolling that in game so i can say on the fifth day you've run out of food and you've not been able to find any more that's a bit more like okay we haven't had to spend time bookkeeping but we're also aware that we're in a pretty fucked situation um and then the last one i've already spoke about this but is getting lost so there's a dc for tracking your way around dc5 when it's just like a jungle not jungle sorry uh dc5 is grassland meadow farmland just normal pastoral landscape so it's really hard to get lost somewhere like a desert like we've done on the arctic dc10 places like jungles swamps mountains overcast places no land at sea dc15 um i've made the underdark sometimes dc20 because it's just tunnels yeah Um, dark holes yeah exactly but that's i think that's a really good summary of wilderness stuff um is there anything else you want to talk about not really. I think that's that's kind of it. I think the more you can make your wilderness a character and give it that history and that richness, I think that's that's what makes it fun and that's what makes it really cool to play in and exist. Yeah, in. absolutely. And I hope that we've kind of explained enough about how we do it. 
Yeah, I hope so. Um, there's loads of different it ways It feels to do that it. simple, really. Yeah, you just need to embellish it enough. And also, know your group. Like, yeah. if your group doesn't want to do hour by hour, don't do an adventure that requires it. But also, if you've got rain- a ranger in the party, they might enjoy being able to step to the fore and be like, oh, I am good at this. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'd like to do it uh, by that approach. But yeah, as usual, work with your group and don't be afraid to change your mind. Yeah. If you're all of a sudden like, Oh, okay. like you've done this like okay this hour by hour shit is not working for our group we'll just do a uh, narration of That's what exactly happens in between what I did. yeah I had, to, I had to change it because it wasn't working I yeah. wasn't enjoying it the players weren't enjoying it so I just needed to make a decision right we've decided to do it hour by hour but I think we need to make it so that it is more adventure built but that's where I learned how to make my terrain yeah. An adventure yeah, and that's 100%. where I'm I'm kind of in the middle ground now where I like to make journeys and narrative experience and I, I plan like a little mini adventure for every journey mm. and it's kind of I really like the idea of having that extra layer to that journey by creating the setting about you know the wizard that made the gate to destroy yeah. a temple but ended up just destroying his homeland and I really like that tragedy and having that ability to figure that out on the way to somewhere and it yeah. being like a little side quest do you know what i mean it's nice it's nice yeah, yeah it's good fun and it doesn't have to be anything and it, it allowed the players to dictate that to you i guess mm. and allow them to make friends with npcs what if they convince all the sand goblins to move out do you know what i mean Guys, what if they do life is better outside of the desert you're saying they're a length but, of, yeah, we are sand of, goblins you're saying they're a length of green <laughs> no senor the only green no. here is us <laughs> But you're not green. Now yes, I am. <laughs> I am. I'm a green fan goblin. A brown land. A brown beige land. Look, senor. And he licks his fingers and wipes his dirty brow. I am green on the inside. We are all green on the inside. And they all stand. We are all green. <laughs> I love these old goblins. I'm putting them in my setting. Yeah, Despite the fact in my setting, the goblins are just guys, not these ones. These specific goblins are. The, well, they were lost in the Of course. Yeah. yeah, of course. They've lost, lost everything. I want a proud race of people. We used to rule these lands. Your empire help. continues to the north. No, we fell. No, we fell. Just give the people hope. Hope has destroyed us before. Due to the avarice of an elf, I fall. <laughs> oh, fuck. Anyway, I have been Niall. I have been Morgan. And you've been you. <laughs> Every time we come close to it, you're like, I'm going to say some nonsense. Yeah. But you have been you. That is, that is correct. And hopefully you'll you're a DM. Hopefully yeah. you're a DM. If you're a player, oh my Just realise we didn't mention I this at the top. I swear to God, if you're a player. I'll can you imagine you. if they got to the end of an episode? Oh. I'll can you imagine you. the utter disregard? I would find you and I'd kill you. <laughs> Goodbye. Thanks for listening to the show, and if you enjoyed, please leave a review. It really helps. A big thank you to our editor, Jack Sinclair, and G. McDermott for our cover art. If you'd like to check out any cool merchandise, head to littlelionslayer.co.uk, where Julia, our resident smithy, has all our products up for sale. We're going to be taking a little crimbo break for Christmas. I hope you have a lovely Christmas, but that means we won't be releasing any episodes until the new year. So have a merry, merry Christmas, and we will see you in the new year in January. Bye-bye!